0: Luke 4, verse 1 to 13. Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the gospel
1: of the Lord. So it's an all-age service today, first uh, Sunday of the month, and uh, so we're going to have the children to the front. If the children would like to come up and find a space uh, on the carpet somewhere at the front. If you're here for the first time, you don't have to have to come up to the front, whatever you're comfortable with. So if you go either side, after you come forward, go either side, loads of space. So, this is the second part of our series, Encountering Jesus. Uh, But what is an encounter? An encounter is when you kind of meet someone or when you interact with someone, you come across someone. So, let's say uh, I'm wandering around in Orion Shopping Center, and I just happened to bump into Spider-Man, and we have a little chat, and we talk about our favorite ice creams and that sort of thing, then you could say that I'd had an encounter with Spider-Man. Well, this series is about encountering someone far more exciting than Spider-Man. It's about people who encountered Jesus, and it's also about our own uh, personal encounter with Jesus and last week we heard about two very old people, Simeon and Anna, who encountered Jesus when he was just a tiny baby He was just forty years sorry forty days old. Now, the next time we hear about jesus in luke 's Gospel, how old do you think he is? So we hear about jesus 's birth and we hear about when he 's a baby, and then the next time that Luke talks about. Jesus, how old do you think he is? Have a guess. What do you reckon, Harry? Two. Two? Two? No, let's, a little bit older. What do you reckon, David?
0: 20 or in his teens.
1: 20 or in his teens? Close. Kind of between that. What do you reckon? Three. Three? No, our last one. Twelve. Twelve. Okay, you got it. Bang on. Twelve. And what was the occasion? Adults. You get all the questions. You guys need some questions. Adults. What was the occasion? What was Luke talking about when Jesus was 12? He was in the temple. <laughs> in temple. So on a trip to Jerusalem, Jesus went missing for three days, which is a bit of a worry. Uh, and his parents eventually found him in the temple, listening to the teachers and uh, asking them questions. Then there's a big gap, and we don't hear anything about Jesus uh, until his baptism at the age of about 30. Then after Jesus' baptism in the River Jordan, he's being filled with the Holy Spirit. He's led out into the desert, into the wilderness, to be tempted or tested by the devil. Now, when we hear about the devil, sometimes we might imagine something a bit like this. Okay, We we kind of have a picture like that, but but actually, the Bible doesn't uh, tell us what the devil looks like, and it's really not important. So, what we do need to know is that there is a devil, there is uh, uh, an enemy, he's evil, and he wants to spoil God's plan. But we don't need to be afraid of the devil. We don't need to fear him. Because God is so much more powerful. So often in films, when we, um, when we see good and evil, they're kind of fairly evenly matched, aren't they? But it's not like, uh, Peter Pan versus Captain Hook. It's not like, um, the, Big bad wolf versus the woodcutter in Little Red Riding Hood. It's not like Simba versus Scar in The Lion King. It would be more like a lion versus a cockroach times infinity. God is infinitely more powerful than the devil. And one day Jesus will destroy the devil and do away with all uh, that is evil. And we might say, well, why doesn't Jesus do that now? Why doesn't, why doesn't, um, Jesus just do away with all that is evil? Why doesn't he get rid of everything that is evil? Why doesn't he do it right now? Hang on, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get to it. And we tend to think of it a, a bit like this. So I have here some Lego, different colors. The blue represents all that is good in the world, and the red blocks represent all that is evil in the world and it would be quite easy to kind of sort this out into two different piles wouldn't it in fact let's get a couple of volunteers who thinks they could do this Cassie and uh An-Yang, come out as quick as you can and go one either side let's hang on not yet not yet right, over this side Cassie over this side Anyang. so let's have the red pile here the blue pile here how quickly can you sort it out go so right quickly sort it out into two piles it's only going to take a few seconds they're nearly done Five, four, three, two, one. They're done. Okay, easy. That was so easy, wasn't it? Okay, sit down. Thanks a lot for that, guys. That was super easy to sort those two piles out. And we might say, well, well, why can't God do that? Why can't he just get all the evil and get rid of it, take it away from the world? Why can't he just get all the, the bad people and take those away and uh, leave all the good people? And we we tend to think of it like that, but it's much more complicated than that. In reality, it's a bit more like this. So again, the blue represents what is good, and the red represents Uh, the evil in the world. And the whole world, and in fact, each one of us, is a lot more like this. We're a mixture of good and bad. And so God can't just destroy all the evil in the world in one go like that, because if he did, he'd have to destroy all of us, because there's good and bad in all of us. And God doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to destroy us, because he loves us. And so... Um, through Jesus, he's come up with a way to take away all the evil without destroying what is good. And even when we turn to Jesus, God will help us to replace uh, what is bad in our lives, replace it with good and help us to change for the better over the course of our lives. That's a long process. It takes our whole lives. It won't be completed until we meet Jesus face to face. And the Bible is all about God's amazing plan to make the world as it should be, as he intended it to be, and to make us the people that he created us to be. The devil wants to spoil that plan, and that is what today's reading is all about. Jesus is led into the desert, and he's uh, tested or tempted for 40 days. It is like when God's people, Israel, were freed from slavery in Egypt, and then they ended up wandering around the desert for 40 years and they were tested. And to be honest, the people of Israel in that situation they failed uh, because um, they rebelled against God, they did their own thing, they ignored God, they did all kinds of evil things, they failed the test big time. But Jesus, when he was tested, He didn't fail, and he will never fail. And the devil starts by trying to confuse Jesus about who he is. Jesus is the Son of God. But the devil starts his questions by saying, if you are the Son of God, in other words, the devil is saying, well, you might not be the Son of God, maybe you should prove it. And the devil does the same thing To us. Everyone who knows and loves Jesus is a son or a daughter of the living God. But the devil doesn't want us to believe that about ourselves. The devil wants us to believe lies. And you may have come across this already. You may have experienced it. You know, you're clever and someone says you're stupid. Or you're beautiful and someone says you're ugly. Or you're capable and someone says that you're useless. I mean, we've probably all heard those kind of things said to us at some point in time. They're lies, but sometimes we can find ourselves believing those lies. Let me tell you today, don't believe the lies. Okay? Don't believe the lies. And the biggest lie of all, the biggest lie of all is, is God doesn't care for you, but he does. Jesus loves you. He died for you. And you are his precious sons and daughters. That is your identity. That is who you are. The next thing the devil tries to convince Jesus is that God is stopping him from having something that he needs. Jesus has spent 40 days in the desert. How do you think? And in all that time, he didn't eat anything. How do you think he's feeling? Bit of a clue behind me. How. How do you think he is feeling? Anna, what do you think? Hungry. Yes, I'm glad you didn't say hungry, Jacks. Hungry. Exactly. And the devil uh, basically says, if you're the son of God, what are you doing starving in the desert? Why don't you just turn this rock into a nice big loaf of bread? God wouldn't want you to be hungry, would he? Now, tell me some things that are really important in life. Things that we cannot do without? Harry? Oh, air. Air, that's a good one. What do you reckon? Isaac?
0: I'd probably say my computer.
1: Your computer? <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs>
1: Water. Water. Okay. What, well, Cassie? Family. Family. If you have your mum, you wouldn't be born, then you wouldn't be alive. Okay, if you didn't have your mum, you wouldn't be born, you wouldn't be alive. That's a good, a good logic. I can't argue with that. Anything else, Go on, Isaac. Need
0: not to try and test out the banana cream pie theory, otherwise we might tear the fabric of the universe, from forcing the universe
1: to implode. So then, God has to completely knit a new universe. Okay. Well, that that uh, that uh, that answer is uh, even went over my head there, Isaac. I think that's uh, it. It sounded quite clever, but. Uh, I'll, I'll take that one. What do you reckon, Louisa? Ice cream. Pardon? Ice cream. Ice cream. We need ice cream. Yeah, it would be a difficult life without ice cream, wouldn't it? That's for sure. But you know, the most important thing that we all need in life, the most important thing, the thing that we've been created for, is to have a relationship, a friendship with God. And the devil wants us to put our relationship with God... As far down that list as possible. And that was what the devil was trying to do to Jesus. He's trying to get Jesus to put bread, his immediate physical need, ahead of his spiritual need, which is his relationship with God. And Jesus replied, It is written, man shall not live, or people shall not live on bread alone. In other words, there is something in life that is even more important than the food that we eat, even more important than the air that we breathe. And what is that something, Harry? God, God and our relationship with God. Exactly right. So next, the devil offers to give Jesus the whole world if Jesus will bow down and worship him. That's quite a temptation, isn't it, to be offered the whole world. But the thing is, the world wasn't the devil's to give away. The world already belonged and does belong to Jesus. What the devil is really saying to Jesus is this. He's saying, you can have all this. You can have everything. You can have the world without going through the pain and the agony of the cross. In other words, God's way is too hard. God's way is too hard. You can do things the easy way. And the devil wants us to believe that in almost every area of our lives. You don't have to do your homework. You can play video games instead. That'll make life so much I'm not actually saying that, Caleb. This is just don't just record that one little bit and play it later. Okay. You, You can play video games. Instead, that'll make life so much easier. Is that true? Well, you might think so, but actually, if we're not doing our homework and we get behind with our schoolwork, actually, life becomes uh, a lot more difficult. But even if it is true, even if, even if it makes life easier for that day, or even if it made life easier in general, it wouldn't be the right thing to do. Or another one, you don't have to stand up for that person who's being bullied, you, you could just turn away and pretend it's not happening uh, and save yourself maybe from having that hassle and, and getting bullied yourself. I, is that true? What do you think? Is that it? Help your friends. Yeah, we should stand up for people who are, who are being bullied. Maybe not physically, but we can say, look, no, don't do that. Don't, don't bully that person. Uh, that's not nice or you can talk to the teacher about it or whatever it is we 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 should stand up for people not always the easiest thing to do but it would be the right thing to do um we i could say um you don't need to share you don't need to share you'll be so much happier if you keep that thing all to yourself is that true no, because sharing actually—it feels good to share, doesn't it? It's you know sometimes we're tempted to keep it all to ourselves, but when we do share, it's actually a really lovely thing, and 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 we we feel a lot better about that. Or another last one—you know—you don't have to tell anyone you're a Christian. It's better just to keep that to yourself. Is that true? No. We've got something wonderful to share. We should share. We should tell people um, this wonderful news because it benefits them as well. Sometimes a hard thing to do, but we should do it. You see, God's way can often be quite hard, can often be difficult. It's not easy, but God's way is always the best way in the end. But the devil will often tempt us to take the easy route or the shortcut or the path of least resistance. The devil will want us to believe, oh, don't do it God's way. That's just too hard. But actually, it might be hard, but it's the right thing, and it's the best thing for us. Let's remember that God loves us, and he wants the very best for us. The devil wants, us, wants to destroy us. So who are we going to listen to? Finally, the devil says to Jesus, if you are the son of God, jump from the roof of the temple, which is really high. You can see what the temple looked like. So jump from the roof of the temple and God will save you. In other words, let's see if you really matter to God. Let's see if God is going to come through for you when it's most important. And you know, when things aren't going well in our lives, it's easy for us to question Uh, whether or not God is really there for us. But we can be sure of God's love for us. He came into the world in the person of Jesus Christ, and he died for us. God loves us. He cares about us. We are important to God. God is there for us, no matter what's happening in our lives. But that doesn't change the fact that if we do stupid things, there are consequences, consequences. I once tried to um, scoot down a very steep slope in a park on Caleb's scooter. How do you think that ended? (laughs) What do you think happened? Do you think I did a little sort of spin at the end and landed really coolly at the bottom? No. No, I I ended up a crumpled heap at the bottom of the hill with a big cut on my leg. I still got the scar and off to one side, there was a, a little seating area. Lots of mums were sitting there. And they looked at me as if I was very foolish and irresponsible. <laughs> so even though we trust God, if we do stupid things, there are consequences. And instead of uh, testing God... We should trust in his faithfulness. That's why Jesus said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. We know that God loves us. We know that Jesus has died for us. We don't need to test God's love. We don't need to test that he cares for us. So we can see from all this that the devil is a liar. In fact, Jesus called the devil the father of lies. And the way that Jesus dealt with these lies is to each one he said, it is written. In other words, you're telling me this lie, but this is what the Bible says. And this is what we need to do in our lives. If ever we doubt that we are God's children, if ever we doubt God's love for us, if ever we doubt our value as people and who we are, if ever we're tempted to do something that we know is not God's best for us, we need to resist the lies with the truth and the promises that we find in God's word, the Bible. Should we pray? Ask me afterwards. Heavenly Father, we recognize that there is an enemy out there who wants to lie to us, wants us to believe a lie instead of the truth, uh, wants us to doubt who we are as your children, as your beloved Uh, and precious sons and daughters wants us to doubt our our identity we pray Father that uh, we will not be um, lured into following a course that is not the one that you have for us that we will resist the temptations that we will refute the lies that we will keep putting our trust and our hope in you and that we will rely on the promises that you've made to us in the Bible that speak every one of your love and your care for us, that we'll hold on to those promises in the midst of whatever we're facing in life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.